You're listening to Conversations Over Coffee, where we connect with other people through conversations because we all have stories to tell and we're all capable of inspiring others with those stories. Here's a brand new episode. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, welcome to Conversations Over Coffee, where... Uh, sorry. Oh, I don't have anything. <laughs> You're not living up to your, your first name then. Uh, it is surprising because I actually quit coffee a while ago. What? Uh, and oh. a bit ironic because uh, it's called Conversation yeah. Over Coffee and I quit mm-hmm. coffee a while ago. But the important thing is to have a conversation, right. which uh, I'm glad that you're joining me here. And we're going to talk a little bit about your story and the books that you have published before and uh, your journey so far. And hopefully we'll be able to inspire and inform some people along the way. For those who don't know you, uh, we're joined by Mimi Mashut. uh, And she's a comic book artist. And you have published Kuala Tengganu in seven days as well as Beijing in five days. And you have recently also started to do classes uh, teaching other people how to draw how to visualize stories and i find it really interesting actually approach you to say if you would be so kind to join me in my small little podcast and i thank you for joining me today All right. and yeah thanks uh, for having me i like, this having is the you. first time you know I, i've ever done a podcast so you know lead the way I'm really honored. Yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really honored that you want to have me here. But uh, I'm honored. I, I would uh, want to correct you on the comic artist because I haven't done okay. a comic book in like six years probably. So okay. maybe there's a freelance illustrator with you know, be a more right. okay. encompassing, <laughs> mm-hmm. encompassing uh, sure. job description. Yeah. yeah, the comic artist, the, you know, the real comic artist will be offended if I, <laughs> you know. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> freelancer, yeah, freelancer. Call me artist. Which is funny because because you didn't set out to pursue a career as an artist in the first place. Mm. Like, how did you eventually, you know, come to realize that this is what you want to do? All right. Um, I think I've I've always want you know I was always drawing when I was a kid. Like you know, mm-hmm. as as a hobby, as something that. People say I was good at, you know, kind of thing. You know, kids kids love it when parents say that you are good at you're good at this, right? You're good at drawing. So you yeah. know, I was a, I was a drawing kid, and even I told my teacher back in I know standard three, standard four, that I wanted to be an mm-hmm. artist. He was like, "Okay, what? <laughs> like this is like a small suburban public school, okay? <laughs> the notion of wanting, you know, for a standard three kid to want to be an artist is a bit. I think he thought." As in celebrity, not as ah, in someone who draws. Right. Yeah. So I, I remember his shocked face when I told him that. But I think yeah, that was Sekolah Rendah. But I think as I as I grew older, like Sekolah Menengah, I realised that eh, maybe it's not such a practical... <laughs> you know, the, the, my practical side got, got, yeah, got, got to the <laughs> better side of me. So I, I got into the science stream. So, okay. you know, the... The obvious career option would be like along that line would be like engineering. I don't know, fancy practical stuff. Were you actually interested in becoming an engineer? I know. I I at the time you you are just like you know teachers are saying like you know engineering IT. You know I'm I'm a kid of the eighties, so you know IT. I think around that time the nineties IT was like a thing, right? Yeah, there seemed to be a lot of. Um, 
hype. Hype, yes, hype, and you know, people are mm. uh, you know encouraging kids to go into that line of work, that line of uh, mm-hmm. career. Um, seems promising and all that, right? So, so yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. I mean, uh, the drawing is still a hobby. Not so I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything super serious with it. But I, I was drawing comics, like for fun to show friends at school. You know, the yeah. you know those kind of things. I was still doing. And I was drawing in the editorial for the mag- school magazine, editorial. Ah, um, yeah. But I think the the realization came from me, like, during ma- my matriculation at Tamil College. Okay. Um, I was doing Australian matriculation back then. I, I think it was, like, it was in the sti- science, uh, the elective uh, science stream. stream yeah. So I realized mm-hmm. that, Parwa, this is the, like, the most hardest thing academically I've ever had to do. <laughs> there's no way I can, like, I want to go through the rest of my life, like, you know, looking at numbers during and that. physics and, mm. you know, uh, during SPM, I could still hack it, like, you know, just, just good enough to not to be so terrible at it. But yeah, I think it was at, at during matriculation, I thought, wow, this cannot go, man. Like, I, I was, I will hate it for, you know, if I have to do this for the rest of my life. So somehow I managed to finagle my way out of that stream sort of. So I did Bachelor of Multimedia um, okay. in Melbourne for uh, with Monash University. So which which is still like you know you know it's still a combination of arts and IT, right? It's not quite Correct. you know it's not exactly Bachelor of Fine Arts or anything like that. So so the practical side of me is still so there. still very yeah. practical, yeah. And I came back. I worked as a like website slash multimedia designer for a company, mm-hmm. and then it's just mostly just like website stuff, digital, you know. Back then, Flash, Remover, what was Fireworks? You know, Macromedia. <laughs> I remember like a whole suite of apps. I don't know. If you're too young to remember Macromedia. Um, yeah, I, I do know that. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so I was, I was there for five years. That's my first job. And then mm-hmm. I realized after... Like, Did you like it? I, I didn't mind it. Like my problem with it, I quit after five years. But mm-hmm. I think it was that it, in, the, in the last year, I think in the fourth and the fifth year, I was just realizing it. Mm, there's no career progression for me if I want to... It's like creative mm-hmm. suicide lah. If you if you stay, I quit without like a job waiting or I know I just quit. It's like creative suicide lah. I felt like the last year me working there, I was going around for job interviews. Tell you just you know just shopping for work. I wasn't really like I just wanted to see what 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 the market was like. And then to all the to most of the interviews that I went. I usually I went to these like advertising agencies, creative agencies, not not IT companies, and they were giving feedback like your your portfolio is limited. I thought, man, if I stay, then you know my portfolio is going to be limited forever. So that was the thinking that like, oh, okay, then maybe maybe it's time to change. I I got back into drawing after I quit my job. During the mm-hmm. five years I was working the corporate job, I did not draw at all. Yeah, it was just like purely digital oh, like website cool. stuff. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. and then somehow, I don't know, I bumbled into <laughs> into this illustration world and one thing led to another and here I am, freelance illustrator full-time. How, how did you publish your work back then? Like, because I'm assuming that social media is not a thing back then. Like, how do you, how do you, where do you publish your uh, artwork? Uh, I think the thing that, like, got me some recognition back then, uh, I started doing yeah. this 
thing. But Facebook was still a, a fun platform back then. You know, it was a bit stuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People were still like posting witty status, like you know, fun, fun stuff. Nobody was complaining too much. <laughs> and and my friend and I at the time had the idea of like, hey, let let's like take like interesting FB status and draw it like you know make a creative interpretation out of that so studle oh, so we call okay. it studle so so you know anyone who's in my like friends timeline thing on facebook so i would i would you know i would scroll through see some interesting ones i would pick them like cute put them in a queue and then i would draw them and release them like i think i was doing that almost every day and because it like facebook was new people you know illustration mm. also at the time was 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 starting to get into the Malaysian Malaysian awareness lah. Back then, uh, we mm-hmm. you know, so so it it kind of caught caught on. So I I think I mm. that's how I got started. Like oh people yeah got recognition, recognition and realizing the oh people people do like themselves being like drawn in a funny in a funny situations uh-huh. and stuff. So I think from there I started getting jobs and you know whatnot. So I thought realized yeah. So okay. Yeah. Like that So from there, mm-hmm. from the post, it slowly turned out into more of a career opportunity for you because people started recognizing yeah. you, recognizing yeah. the work, and appreciating your work. And then how did it lead to publishing the the publishing of two books that you have currently? Yeah, the books. I I was reading uh okay two books uh influenced me greatly in in moving in this direction one is Tokyo on Food um Florence okay. de Chavouet I I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right he's a French guy and another one is uh, oh. Jerusalem by Guy Delisle so these are I mean I've always been reading comic but I think around that time that was like Mm, 2010, 2013 maybe it's around those times. Um, we we started seeing mm-hmm. more like from overseas independent comics, it, not so much of the X Men, you know, the bulky bulky guys. It's more the, like yeah, Marvel. It's Studios. more like you know, slice of life stories. To me, those are more interesting than you know the X Men stuff. So you know, I I really got into reading those those kind of material, and then I came across like Tokyo on Foot, uh, Giddy Lyle's Jerusalem, and those two are. Uh, Comics talking about a place, so it hit me like, oh, you can do this, right? You tell a story about a place. Yeah, yeah. that's a common denominator. You tell a story about a place yeah. through drawings, and I, I, I mean, they they have different different approaches and style to their their art, the two guys. But oh, I thought, and another influence is uh, Datuk Lat, which I didn't realize it at the time because yeah. I've you know Datuk Lat is like part of our culture already, right? But growing up, okay. I've been reading his mm-hmm. books and. Only like in retrospect, I realized that oh, Datuk Lat has been writing about play. It's, it is actually you know Kampung Boy. It is actually a place based comic. Yeah. I really wanted to do something like that, and I think at the time there wasn't really much locally produced place based comics. Yeah, travel comics. travel comics. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I thought I really yeah. want to do it. So I just did. I I winged it lah. Basically, the the first the first Beijing <laughs> book was self published. I made a lot of mistakes. I, you know, basically, I was just winging winging it the whole the through the whole way. A lot of people helped, 
like I ask for advice from you know mm-hmm. people who who publish books yeah. and stuff. A lot of people helped me, and I posted the you know the process of the making the book on Facebook. I sense from there that there's a lot of interest. And then mm-hmm. I thought, oh okay, maybe maybe there's a market for this. So I went ahead with it, had it published, and then once Beijing in Five Days was out, like I printed. Only five hundred copies. So it's like the, the smallest amount the you know a printing company yeah. would let you so, because it's self published, right? So so I was hawking yeah. that book lah everywhere. Bawa pergi you know like comic fiesta like um art for grabs yes art for grabs. So mm-hmm. I was I was selling the book at all these um, art bazaars and it was doing quite well. But what I realized is that throughout the process, if I wanted to do a book. That I would need like six months solid time, not doing anything else. I can't be doing like commercial work at the time. It's just my my. Uh-huh. If I want to get it done, I have to do it like that. If not, it will just like peter away and die. <laughs> you know, it's procrastinated uh, there. Okay. So you kind of need money to do another book, right? Mm-hmm. To to sustain itself for six mm-hmm. months at at least. So I used uh, the Beijing book to pitch for my second book. Which is Kuala Terengganu in seven days. Yes, to MDEC. MDEC uh, was running this IPCC competition. It's like um, it's for mm-hmm. they have various categories for games, animation, and comic. So I pitched my idea for the comic, and I got a grant to do the Kuala Terengganu book. So you know, I had enough money to you know keep myself fed for six fed. months uh, while <laughs> not while not doing anything else. So yeah. So at yeah. the end of it, I got the. I got to finish the comic, but the deal with MDEC was that I have to make it interactive because you're MDEC, right? So I mm-hmm. I did the digital stuff, and then after that, uh, the great thing about MDEC is that you own the copyright, so you can do whatever you want with it. They just do money for free. Mm, that's nice. Then I shopped around for publishers, whoever was interested to publish my book, and I came across Maple Comics. They were also like shopping around for comic artists because they they were also just starting out. My first comic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my first comic, and they are, I'm their first like published artist. So, so yeah, and then yeah, they saw that Kolatukano was was doing pretty okay, and then they they took up, they reprinted the Beijing book in full color. So that that that's very nice of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how that's how I became a published <laughs> comic artist. Thanks for sharing, though. Like I don't think a lot of people put like thought or even. Begin to imagine that making a book will take six months yeah, of uninterrupted work. That's how that's how I would do it. I'm sure other people. I know there are artists who can like part time it. I can't. I'm like a very single track. I can only do one thing well at a time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the the six months when I was doing the Kuala Terengganu book was probably the busiest mm-hmm. six months I've ever had. I I I was so flat. After like the six months, I think, I think I I fudged the deadline even a bit. I think it was probably seven or eight months. After that, I'm you know I'm not I'm not drawing for a month at least. So nowadays,、uh, as a freelance illustrate illustrator, so what what do you do、um, most of the day? Usually,、uh, uh, I do like commercial illustration projects, like for corporate, for you know sometimes a company wants their. Their ideas illustrated in an in a manner that the public can read it. You know, like comics. Comics seem to be the、mm. popular medium these days. So there's a lot of there's kind of 
quite a lot of demand for that. Like to turn their, like, you know, usually dry corporate material and somehow make it interesting, yeah, and fun. So that's that. Mm. Sometimes, you know, advertising stuff like posters, posters for event maybe. But um, actually, I have not been doing much of that since last year. Since last year, I've been I've been working with a think tank company, the center. Okay. Um, so I've been doing the still as a visuals person lah, like you know, doing their cartoons. They are a think tank, so they publish um, research on like top you know social, socioeconomic topics. So my role in it okay. is like to find a way to make it accessible to read and sometimes so you know there's infographics there's cartoons there's i don't know diagrams whatever to mm. to make the whole content more digestible so that's what i've been doing for the last year and a half i'm still with them how has that oh. how has that been do you feel i i, I like it with that work? i like the people i like the work though because all the while before i've been doing all this commercial work for like advertising it's very commercial lah, you know mm-hmm. And when when mm-hmm. when I got offered yeah. the job with a think tank, and they uh, they tell me they are doing like this research for, you know, stuff like cost of living. Sometimes like heavier topics like death penalty, you know, things that we as a society mm. like, really wow. heavy stuff like for a cost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, death so penalty. These are like okay. heavy, heavy issues. And um, I thought I I was like in a kind of place like you know, kind of like giving back to the society kind of bit. My the way I see it, mm-hmm. my role there is more like a voter education kind of thing, because you know I'm also the kind of person who will not read a research paper, right? And most of us, <laughs> most Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think <laughs> so. So I, I thought that was really progressive of the center to want to bring in someone like me into the company. And, you know, try to make their content mm-hmm. more, friendly, uh, more accessible. Yeah, accessible. So I, I, I yeah. enjoy that. It, it feels more fulfilling. Mm. Like, I guess it's less selfish, but I don't know. It's just, and also it's nice to have a regular paycheck. That is true. <laughs> so you know, it, it. it I oh, would wow. say it's the best. Yeah. Also both worlds because they they kind of let me do other stuff also they're not like you know finicky about it uh with that right do you how do you approach your creative process in in order to do that because those you mentioned that some of them are very heavy topics and uh how do you even start to visualize them or like make them less heavy like make them easily consumable by general public like how do you start from a blank canvas to uh, uh, for me i because I've been doing this for ideas. like more than ten years, you do you do like somehow like figure out mm-hmm. a certain process that work for yourself, right? Ah, I realized that I I never really start with a blank canvas. I guess having done it for some time, you kind of have like a, a go to thing. You like drawing certain things or certain scenarios a bit more than others. I I, I think I think I've you know you've been drawing ah. for a long time. Mm. You have your own preference like what you like to draw, right? That in itself is already like a parameter, right? Uh, I don't like drawing people. I want to draw mm-hmm. sceneries. I want to draw coffee cups. I want to draw objects. So if if I'm having trouble creatively, like if I really cannot have any ideas, new ideas, then I'll just start by drawing like the stuff I'm familiar with. 
<laughs> I will start just by drawing the stuff that I like and I'm comfortable with first. You just get the the muscle memory kind of thing going. You get your con going a bit and then it's easier yeah. to go into the parts you don't like so much. So experience, I've learned that regardless how painful it, it, it feels, like how horrible you think that you are at drawing, <laughs> at the end of it, you will get it done. So so I'm less anxious about that these days. It will get done somehow. So also, you share a lot, like mainly I would say on Instagram, right? Do you ever get haters? I used to. <laughs> there was a time, uh, like a long time back then, there, there were some like not so friendly comments about the art, but... At, at the time, I was I was a lot younger, mm. and you know you do you did get a bit why, but you know after a while you 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 kind of <gasps> learn to eh not care, and also I I don't get like a lot mm-hmm. of haters. I think the stuff I do it if you hate it, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, that will probably get me haters. My art, I think, is I'm very conscious of not wanting to be malicious. It's something okay. lighthearted. I, you know, if if there's a heavy topic that uh, I I would like to talk about, then you know I will find a way to do it, like in a non-malicious way. Dr. Lat, I think it's he's my role model in this lah. You realize he's been draw. I mean, he's been drawing like yeah. sensitive topics, you know, since forever, right? But he does it in a way that you know he's like he's he's criticizing like the society or you know satire or you know political situation or whatever. But yeah. you can't really say that he's being nasty. He's he's very conscious about that, and I think that's the kind of path I wanna I wanna take lah. Basically, he's he's my role model in a lot of things. And I think as you get older, as I get older, I think I do care. Probably just not as much as I was younger. So, in with that, would you say you're successful? Mm. Yeah, according to your own definition. I think that if this is as good as it get as it gets, that I count myself to be really lucky. I do want to be better at I don't know X Y Z whatever career blah 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 at drawing. At, you know, I should be making more books, right? Those are the things that you know I know I should be doing. <laughs> but at the same time, I know like deep down like. You know, yeah, if, if this is, if currently what I'm doing right now with the center, with, you know, the, the stuff I post on Instagram, the classes I'm doing, if this is as, as good as it gets, and, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky, I think. I know, I, I, I think I used to be more ambitious when I was younger, but um, I start to realize that you, you may not end up doing what you were ambitious for in the beginning. Like, I never thought I was going to be a freelance illustrator, mm-hmm. but here I am, and I enjoy it. Looking back, I think, ah, oh, all that ambition, it's good to get you started, but you may not end up where you thought you were going to, and that's okay. And the people in general, I think, are now, like, obsessed with improvement. Hustling? Yeah, hustling. Hustling? Improvement is probably too nice a word to put it away. Hustling is probably, like, a better word to use, right? So, I think, and... And when you are directing all your energies towards improvement means something that's not there yet, right? You, you kind of miss whatever you have now. I think mm-hmm. that, that's how I these days. Like, you know, you, you're going for that mm. whatever lah in the future, improvement, a better me, uh, a better work yeah. or a better something. That, that's the whole idea of improvement, right? And you, you miss out what, what you have right now. 
I think that was that was what my youth was like. Yeah, yeah. There you you can't you can't eat too much say. on either side, lah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't slack too, too much, or you can't uptight, right? too like uh like you mentioned too uptight at what yeah. you want to yeah. achieve and forget yeah, the present the, and what you the, have at the moment. All people say to be mindful about the current present that you are in because we're sometimes just you know our minds float either to from to to the past or True, yeah, to the future, but we're rarely in the present concept, right? And also mm-hmm. also like the goalposts shift all the time. <laughs> you done something then you know it, it's it's mm. never enough if you realize it so you know it's good i'm good with being mm. enough and not enough yeah. <laughs> the spectrum changes the spectrum. like one day i'm here another day i'm there and common topic that everybody talks yeah. about these days is obviously 2020 uh 2020 has been weird has been odd has been what uh we call it a new normal. And I think it's no longer a new normal. It is normal normal right now. How has it been for you in, in general? Like, uh, if you can give us a summary. I sometimes I still forget to do like the new normal. <laughs> the new normal has not been normalized enough for me. Uh, <laughs> the SOPs. I, mean, I mean, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky to be spared from all the, you know, the, the actual disease itself, right? But I think I think it does affect people in in you know in different ways, good and bad. I think. I mean, I want to go out because I usually like get inspired, you know, just walking around town, or I usually draw inspiration from you know those kind of walks and you know looking around, just wondering. But it, I think, it forces us. I think it makes us resourceful uh, because you suddenly you have to do with a lot less. Hmm. A lot less experience. People are not traveling. A lot less, you know, begin makan and Instagram and all that. A lot less, you know, your everyone's working. <laughs> you know, most people are working from home. I think it it forces out a certain kind of resourcefulness yeah. out of people, and you have no choice but to do it because you know the government makes you. Because yeah. if 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 it's just up to you, you won't do it. I mean, who would willingly not go travel if they like traveling, right? Mm. Who would willingly do the stuff they don't like if you're not yep. able to do it? So I think in that sense, because everyone has to do it, it's a collective thing. Everyone in the world has to do it. It's it's good. But it doesn't mean that, you know, I won't complain about it, like, in, in private. <laughs> oh, some days, today, I'm just so bored. I want to go out, blah, 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 wine, wine, wine. But inside, deep down, I know it's, <laughs> you know the world probably could use a reset button after you know all the stuff we've done to it. So with all these lesser human interaction, lesser going out. I mean, I've always been working from home most of the days. So you know, working from home is not a mm-hmm. new thing for me. So I'm I'm good. I'm good on that sense. I, I'm not complaining. Um, okay. I run. I mean, slow run, jog, shuffle around the neighborhood like and what okay this is another thing going back to the resourcefulness thing right so all this while before pkp i've like i've never run like jogged around the neighborhood so because of the pkp i started doing that and i actually got to know my neighbors so like you know before i've i've lived here like mm-hmm. you know all my life and you don't care about this much much cheat as well yeah the second, I think the second Selangor PKP, the second series PKP rolled out. So I thought, I just, I'll just run around the block. 
but because I was restricted to my own neighborhood, so you know, you make do, and then you realize that, huh, it's not such a bad thing at all. Yeah, there are. Yeah, and and it's good. Interesting people. And it's good to know your neighbors, obviously, right? <laughs> my jogging experience, I think, describes to me the the whole force resource resourcefulness thing to me in a very clear way. Mm. You you may not realize what you like until you're forced to do it. Also, you may not realize yes, that yeah, yeah. you have actually access yeah, to a lot of exactly things. Exactly true. That, yeah, and you put it better. Granted, yeah. sometimes. You, you, take, you take these people around you for granted. You don't get, you know, you don't bother to get to know them, even though they've lived mm. with you, like, all your life, around you all their life. And then, you know, suddenly you go, hey, these, these people are nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, that's nice. So picking up a new hobby, cycling. Uh, is there anything that you're currently working on, like a new project or like a? I think you started this thing on started posting oh, right. on yeah, Instagram. That one, the, I was I was having a low moment. Yeah. <laughs> during the it's like oh, where is this gonna end? And I I I I thought of that idea, like you know, maybe to make it feel less worse for me. Let's see what other people are doing. Like everyone's coping, right? And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, the more I think about it, like, oh, it would be cool to, yeah. in a way, it's like a do- documentation. This whole thing mm-hmm. hopefully will not happen again. Hopefully it's a once of a lifetime thing for all of us. So mm. once we are past it, then, you know, we can look back and, you know, saw all the probably ridiculous stuff we did. <laughs> but, you know, some, most, most things are good. I think the response I've been getting is like, <laughs> people are really making do and like being resourceful and you know like venturing it's it's good most of it i hope it's helpful for other people as well and you know in the long run it will be interesting that's sort of like the silver lining to all of this that's a lot of silver uh, lining, situation i think if you can i think if you scroll through the the thing i do since pkp hashtag as well you can see that all these people are just doing like you know sourdough bread la, you know guitar like things they would never yeah. do if they were able to go out and like do whatever they do anyway all this while all their lives when they are forced to stay in they get creative i think you mm-hmm. know in a way it's like a whole world creative exercise yeah maybe it's we're a, all artists uh, yeah we, we all are definitely we all have creative <laughs> ability speaking of which i would just like to wrap it up with uh, one last question from me uh is that if there is one thing that you would like to share with aspiring artists, mm. uh, what would it be? I think don't limit yourself. Going back to the artist label, right? Don't limit yourself to to that label. Mm-hmm. The thing with labels that it it makes you too narrowly focused. I think if you call yourself a comic artist, right? Let's say, like mm-hmm. for example, so you you see yourself as as someone who does only comics, right? Let's say an opportunity comes along. It's not quite comic. You are limiting a lot of experiences because the more the more you say that, I think the more it it becomes concrete in yourself, right? I mean, I mean, yes, I do put Illustrator on my Instagram bio, but that's for work, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I I think these labels you have to be careful how you use it. Don't let it like define you too much. I think because then you're li- you're limited if 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 you say you are this thing, I'm not this thing. You are this mm-hmm. thing, I'm not this thing. Then you you end up missing out on a bunch of stuff. That's that's I think a thing that I realized after doing this whole thing for some time. You you don't know what you might enjoy. Wow, that's yeah, that's not one line at all. Okay, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. 
really like yes, that. So I basically think, to not yeah. limit yourself with what yeah. you can achieve. That's with, a more succinct way. Uh, by putting yeah. a label on yourself. It's been it's so less, fun talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having yeah. me on it. I guess now I can label yeah. myself a podcaster, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for tuning in. If you liked it, please like the podcast, save it or share it with other people. If you have any feedback, reach out to us via Instagram. You can find us at convo.coffee. That's C-O-N-V-O dot T-O-F-F-E-E. I can't wait to hear from you and connect with you. That's it for me. Till next time. Ciao.